Welcome into this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers, lifetime Longhorn, and a guy I could never get open against. I guarantee you that. Um, <laughs> I did run four nine five at one point in my life, Rod. And you uh, might have had better hands than wasn't me. Good, that, hey, that wasn't good enough. Okay, yeah, and, your hand, and you might have had better hands than me too. So <laughs> throw that out there. Then, well, awesome. you never know. I mean, I, I, I don't think I. Yeah, I may have. I may have. I think I was, <laughs> I, think I was scared to drop it because I, the ball is always in a football coach's office, but. Um, <laughs> You know, you get you got you got pops back in the day, right? You know, oh, no, uh, education. Different uh, kind but, of pressure. Yeah, different. <laughs> that is a different kind of pressure, Rod. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. But anyways, te- Texas Longhorns coming off the massive, huge. Why well, hey, we used all the words? 34-24 win over Alabama. Uh, tomorrow night it'll be under the lights. Yeah, I think Rod, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. Hopefully, the rain gets through earlier in the day. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing atmosphere on Bevo Boulevard and when this team comes out on, uh, from under the tunnel Saturday night. I think it's going to be an ovation uh, we haven't heard in DKR in a few years. Okay. Uh, since the end of the Notre Dame game. Yeah, I'm with you because, you know, the Longhorn fandom, uh, they've been waiting for this moment. You're talking about one of the the greatest wins in the history of Texas football. Honestly, I don't want to yeah. <laughs> I'll get too dramatic with it, but right. it was. Uh, and now you have the Longhorn faithful. They basically, the ones who weren't there to welcome the team when they you know, flew in uh, from that Bama win, they want to be there to show their appreciation. To no show doubt. how much they, you know, that they actually, that they support this team and that they appreciate that win, which essentially confirmed and answered a lot of questions about what the, what the upside and possibilities could be for this team, what yeah. so what they could accomplish, what could be uh, the ultimate goal, which is, man, this team could be good enough to compete with any team in the country. That's the conversation Longhorn fans are having right now. They're grateful to this team so they can have that conversation in real in, in, during the season, realistically. Yeah, yeah and I think they're going to create a adrenaline rush for this team against Wyoming Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, as you'd expect, the recruiting visitor list continues to build as well. We've talked yeah. about that on on Texas football and inside Texas throughout the week. Uh, Five-star L- uh, LSU commitment wide receiver, 2025 DeCorian Moore in town. Solomon Williams, three uh, four-star pass rusher from Tampa, official visit. Ryan Wingo, five-star official, uh, uh, a five-star unofficial visit. The wide receiver guy, uh, prospects at this game are going to be off the charts. So they're going to need somebody to throw them the ball. And that's what we're here to talk about, the quarterback room, Rod. Uh, and also, before we get to that, though, I'm just going to lay out the show. We're going to talk Quinn Ewers. We're going to talk Malik Murphy and Arch Manning in case they get into the game tomorrow night. If te- if things go well, they will get in the game. And then we'll talk about Andrew Peasley, the Wyoming quarterback, who's had a lot of experience from a small town in eastern Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Rod, before we get to that, Steve Sarkeesian had his uh, Thursday weekly uh, Zoom meeting with the media, and he mentioned three things of note for me. And I'm going to first the two injuries, then the third one I'm going to let you comment on because you've been in player only meetings. Uh, Sark said Cedric Baxter is a game time decision, wants to watch how he moves uh, around Saturday in the game. He doesn't want it to be an adrenaline decision and put him out there when he's not ready. He's come on this week in practice, game time decision. Maurice Blackwell, he says, really come on and practice this week. Uh, is improving at a good rate. He's also now a game time decision. I won't be surprised either way on those guys. 
uh, if we see him or don't. Um, if Cedric Baxter is good enough to play, I know they want to continue to get him experience before Big 12 uh, play. But then the main thing, and this is going to lead us into this week's quarterback room. Um, Sark said Quinn Ewers called for a players-only meeting. Mm-hmm. I, I think before Tuesday's morning's practice or before Tuesday's practice. Mm-hmm. Because I think Monday's practice is still a little celebratory mood, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And it's going to be. They beat Bama. You can't expect five day, four days of great practice every week. These are college guys. There was a lot going on in the university from an excitement standpoint. But your experience being in that University of Texas locker room, being in those players-only meetings, Texas fans wanting to see Quinn take a leadership role. How impressive is it to you that Quinn – was the one that went to Sark and called a players-only meeting. Him and Jalen Ford, I think, essentially saying, we got to make sure we're on the same page and we we understand our goals and what's in front of us. Yeah, uh, Jalen Ford, after that tweet that he tweeted out uh, <laughs> yeah. a couple of days after the Bama win, okay, I've heard enough. It's all rat poison from yeah. this point on. Taking a page out of the Nick Saban book. Uh, yeah. But I love it, right? Sark's four uh, most important traits at quarterback, he says uh, – Quick hands and accuracy, those are the physical traits. But the immeasurables, the intangibles, he talks about leadership and competitiveness. He wants that he wants guys that they're leaders and guys that really, really want to compete. All those traits, by the way, were on full display for Quinn Ewers in that win over Alabama. We got to see it all. That's why he went from caterpillar to butterfly before our very <laughs> eyes. Uh, but the players only meeting, I used to have a you know a, a, a belief about players only meeting that most players only meet, not all, but most. Most of them, you know, they happen when things aren't going well, right? They're 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 about troubleshooting for solutions, trying to come up with solutions to a problem, something that's happening with the team. That is not this kind of players only meeting. No. So usually, players only meetings are kind of like marriage counseling. Right. You know, right, not, right. When things are going well, you're probably not going to marriage counseling, but you could, and maybe you should. <laughs> right? Maybe you should. Maybe that would help us all. Maybe it can help. Maybe Maury Povich hosted the, some of those players only meetings in the past. <laughs> exactly. So I think this this is the this is the exception to that that rule. Right. And that uh, to, to that belief that no, this players only meeting is when things are going really well. Right. Exactly. And, and, this, and the reason, Jerry, I think it's important is because they haven't been here before. That's right. Not even Sark really has been. This is Sark's biggest win of his career as a head coach. Even even Sark hasn't really been it for so I don't know how he's gonna direct the players how the the, the, the messaging would will change I'm sure it will uh to for Sark to really try to communicate to these guys how to handle success all right different message than hey we're bringing back Texas we got to earn respect we're the underdog nobody's giving us against the world now the world's behind you the world thinks you're great how do you handle success as yeah. opposed to battling adversity that's going to be interesting but i think for for texas fans it's really encouraging that the leadership on this team we talked about this actually on the live stream last night when a, uh, someone in chat asked how do they how are they going to handle success what what starts going to do to help them handle this this rush of success right this windfall of of fortune that they have no it's the leaders on the team that have to handle that's it, it. that's it Yep, they have they have to be the ones to say, hey guys, let's put all this into perspective. This is just one step, all right? We knew we could do this, but this is just one step on our road to achieve our ultimate goal, which is to be a championship football team. Let's not let a success, a win distract us from our goal. Let's stay, let's stay committed. And by the way, I think also the message was guys, the process works. It's been proven. The coaching works. The strength and conditioning is working. The development's working. The culture's working. Hey, guys, 
Let's double down on the process now. Rod, that's a great point, man. That's a great point because now Sark can say the process works, right? Right, baby. You You can say it 50 times before Saturday, but it took a different meaning Sunday morning and Monday morning. Yes, sir. That's a great point. Great point. Yeah, absolutely. So let's transition into Quinn. I'm going to throw out his stats, and I want to get your thoughts. He's now 12 games into his career. So I know Texas fans and uh, some of us in the media have wanted him to grow up really fast, right? He's just now started one full college season, 12 games. Um, 215 out of 365. Four for 59.1%, right? 2,786 yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. So that's his first full season of college football. We just got there. Yep. Um, this season, 43 of 68, 609, six touchdowns, no interceptions, 63.2%. 63% in both starts, completion percentage. Okay. One of those on the road at Bama, pretty good. Um, so he's eight and four as a starter, one four to last five, right? So we're starting to see some trending wins here. Uh, 300 yard passing games, two of the last three, right? I mean, so we're starting to see some positive trend lines mm-hmm. with Quinn here. We're starting to see a guy that's maturing and growing up. Uh, but just your overview of Quinn, what we've seen through 12 games before we get into Wyoming, after you watch Wyoming. How you think Wyoming will attack Quinn? What's Quinn going to have to do against the Cowboys? Yeah, I think uh, what we've just seen is the growth, right? We have this, um, I don't know, We in society, when we see pro- a prodigy, when we see someone with exceptional talent, we want to expedite their development. We want to yep. accelerate that development. Uh, and the expectations are kind of heaped on them. Same thing with Quinn, right? Oh, he's a prodigy. He's one of the highest rated recruits in modern recruiting history. And we want to see the, the benefits of that right away. All right. That's why we skip prodigies up a grade, right? They right. they get to skip a grade. That's what we want to do with Quinn. We want him to skip up a grade. Like, hey, man, you don't have to worry about development and we don't need to see your growing pains. We want to see you play like that elite quarterback that that we that you've been projected to be. Uh, well, that's not how it works. Right. Uh, he's got to get acclimated to the personnel, the system. And got, by the way, guys, I, that's what we saw in this game here. I think we saw that maturity. I'm glad you brought up the fact he's played an entire season basically now at Texas yeah. combining all the games. Because rep, man, man, reps are important. They really are, especially those game reps in practice. In practices, you've got to be able to be a good practice player in football to become great because you practice more than you play. But the truth is, especially for quarterbacks, th- th- there's no real-time reps like game reps. Because in practice, whether they want to suspend disbelief or not, they know they're protected. They know they're That's protected. It. They know their teammates nobody's got nobody's got any ill intent everybody wants to make sure the quarterback is is upright that he's un, untouched and that nobody is going to get anywhere in their personal space because otherwise coach gonna dog because she yeah, yeah that's not gonna end well <laughs> yes for being selfish for going after our quarterback during the during practice but in the games that's not the case right you do need those game reps where hey there is no protective shield around you. There is no safety net. No, no, no. Those guys are coming to you and they want to do harm. They want to bring the quarterback down and they want to potentially, all right, they want to rock the quarterback's world. And those reps are different. And I just think for Squint, it takes, he needed those real time game reps where, you know, the bullets are flying and it's one of those things where, hey, it's real live reps. And I think that speeds up his process and that helps the development of the quarterback too. Practice is different. Than those games, I'm sorry you brought up the fact that now he's got those real live game reps. I think we're seeing the benefit. Yeah. So when you've watched Wyoming, Rod, um, 
I'll just uh, I'll, I'll give just a thought and, and, and get in. They're an experienced team up front, not oh, as yeah. super athletic, but experienced. Yep. You brought up on the live streams this week. Good at linebacker. You expect them to probably play a softer zone coverage and make Texas throw underneath, make long drives, right? Run that clock, condense this game. Is that kind of what you're looking at from the Wyoming defense? Yeah. I mean, think about it. And and Craig Bowes has talked about this. And so it's their defensive coordinator. They believe their strength is their front seven. Easton Gibbs is the preseason selection to be the uh, conference player of the year in the Mountain West. He's their middle linebacker. Uh, They've talked about their defensive ends. They love both of them. Devon Harris and Braden Siders. They got another one, Sebastian Harsh, who they really like too. And they brag about their defensive tackles. Their nose tackle is Cole Godbout. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the other one is Jordan Bartigno. And they're, they they think those guys are legit and they have confidence. And they call that the strength of their defense. When they was asked about the secondary recently, uh, when he was asked, do you, uh, and this is defensive coordinator, when he was asked, does he think the secondary is a strength? Uh, he said no. I mean, the quote here is, do I think we're a finished product or that the secondary is a strength of our defense? No, not yet. All right. So that's a, that they consider that, you know, maybe a weakness and maybe that's a project uh, for them and they're working on it. But for Texas, the strength of your offense is your passing game. I mean, it's pretty obvious, especially watching Quinn Ewers' development. And then you look at A.D. Mitchell, and you look at J.T. Sanders, and you look at Xavier Worthy. They present the defense with a mathematical equation they cannot solve. They cannot double all those guys across the board. So I wonder will Sark in this game. I really am concerned. I really want to know whether he's going to go into this game and throw the football and you know kind of keep Quinn Ewers uh, and the passing game as the identity of the offense. Or in this case against Wyoming, since he can be a little bullish, if he'll decide, I want to – establish consistency in the running game. We got to work on it. I need to see what the roles are of these different running backs. I want to infuse a little confidence in the running game too. I'm going to run the rock. I wonder if he'll do it. And he does that, by the way, that kind of helps Wyoming though. Yeah. I mean, that's, they would like to slow the game down. They want to muck it up. They want to burn some clock. You know, it'll take you longer to score unless you're just breaking off 50, 60 yard runs every time, which Texas might. Uh, and if that's the case, that helps Wyoming. So I wonder if Sark is maybe a little mixture of both. I wonder if early on, though, he goes for haymakers with Quinn, gets the haymakers in, Quinn comes out, and then you can start seeing Malik. And we can cause we can see Arch, which was his plan versus Rice. It, it just didn't materialize. Yeah. So if you're Wyoming and you've watched Texas film now, you try to play them like rice, correct? Yeah. I mean, oh, especially yeah. in the front seven. No you're going to try to bring some of those same blitz packages because you're going to be like, all right, Alabama was more – not that Alabama doesn't have exotic blitz packages, but more of a mono mono type of game, right? Yeah. Here's my four-and-a-half star versus your four-and-a-half star, and we're, we're, let's see what happens here a lot of times. If Wyoming copies that same game plan, the other thing Sark said uh, Thursday, which I thought was interesting, was – he talked about being physical again. Yeah. I think he's challenging this team up front to be physical because they're going to look at the Rice game and say, here's the difference. We weren't physical against Rice, and here was our physicality against Alabama. We actually rushed for more yards this year than we did with Bijan and Roshan last year, right? That's crazy. He's challenging. You know he's going to challenge their physicality. So to your point, he's going to test that offensive line early at me in pass. I think, so. I think I he think is so. too. He's yeah. going to test him. And if the offensive line passes that test, if they can get Wyoming having to send those linebackers in, in blitzing situations, right, to get some pressure on Quinn, feels like Wyoming could be in for a long day because Jatavion Sanders will take over in the game like that or 
anybody Whittington over anybody crossing the middle of the field, right? Yep, because those are the easy throws for Peasley. Yeah, those would be the the throw. And if you watch the film, um, he makes some kind of cowboy cavalier moves throwing the football. But usually, that's exactly where they are. Uh, they're over the middle of the field. And I think for Texas in this matchup for Sark, you know, he could just go after their secondary straight up. But I'm with you. I think he's going to use this opportunity because you're about to go into conference play. Right, you're not you're not trying to feel things out in conference play. I think he wants this running game to be confident. So yeah. Yeah, I think he'll try to run the rock early on. But that's going into the strength of Wyoming, and that's the challenge, right? He's like, I want you to impose your will on that front. They think that's their strength. Let's see if we can impose our will on their strength, um, which is the running game, which is their rush defense, I should say. But I, uh, if I was him, I'd probably just attack that secondary because uh, that is what to me. That's what you as Texas, that's your strength. And that's the, that's the identity of this offense, no matter how which, which way you want to force it. Yeah, so let's uh, – Rod, we've mentioned uh, Malik and Arch. We know Sark would like to get both of those guys in the game, but that means this game will have to go really well. Um, but so we'll t- maybe we'll revisit that next week if they get in. How did they do, kind of like we did after the Rice game. Uh, let's move on to Andrew Peasley, Wyoming quarterback. So 6'2", 218-pound senior. Very experienced guy, La Grande, Oregon, which is eastern part of the state, I guess southeast of Portland. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s with new chapters added every week the excitement never ends Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, for his career, 243 of 400, uh, 455, 22 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 2,754 yards, 951 rushing yards, six TDs. He's a guy who's battled a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think had a couple, three concussions maybe. He took some rocket hits against Texas Tech, yes, right? A couple of yeah. Tag. Um in this year, he's 29 out of 50 for 350 yards, five touchdowns, and a pick. Against Tech, 18 to 34, 149 yards, two touchdowns in the win, 15 rushes, 68 yards. Here's what I want to hit on before you talk about what you've seen from Peasley. Um, Wyoming was 7-5 and five last year in 2022. In his five losses, in the five losses, 55 of 126, four touchdowns, five interceptions. That included 5 of 20 for 30 yards against Illinois. Six of 20, I think, against San Jose State, 14 of 27 against BYU. He mm. has never really had a big game <laughs> past throwing the football, right? That's yeah. not really his MO. No. More of a move the chains guy. And then when you watch Wyoming, they don't they don't have a lot of vertical speed. They're probably gonna be more really mad at Isaiah Naor uh Saturday for not being on, on their sideline. They seem the tight ends seem to be their go-to in the passing game. What have you seen from Peasley? What have you seen for from Wyoming watching tape? 
yeah, they're going to run a lot of, uh, you're going to get mesh, you'll get dragging, crossing routes. You're going to get a lot of bunch formations or stacked twins. Uh, they like that. They run three by one sets, trips to one side of the field with a nub tight end on the other yeah. side. But I'm with you, though, in terms of the vertical pass game. The reason I, I don't think they have a lot of big vertical passing game, I don't know if they believe their offensive line can hold exactly. it up to protect in the vertical passing game. So you'll get high percentage, quicker passes. But I, I will say the more I watch Peasley, the more you become a fan of him. He is not a great quarterback at mm. all. That's not really what he does. But he's gritty, and he does make plays in crucial moments. And it, it's you know, sometimes actually it doesn't make sense. It's not fundamentally or technically sound. I've seen him make throws with guys just in his face, and I know he can't see. He's just chucking it out there. Uh, I've seen him, you know, he, he, he's good at extending plays. Right. I would say his second reaction plays when the play breaks down and decomposes is actually pretty good. He'll find a way to make something out of nothing in those second reaction plays. But against Texas, I just foresee damn near every passing play being that. Now, they could just go short, high percentage, quick passing game. Um, so what random quick Eurostat, Quinn Eurostat about um, the Bama game, his average time to throw, 2.11 seconds. Right, that what does that mean? That means your quarterback is operating on schedule. That's right. <laughs> that means they're barely making him have to go to uh, deep into the progression or have to operate off schedule or second reaction. He's operating on schedule a lot of the times. That's what Sark wants. That's what Mac Jones essentially was, right? Mac Jones was always on schedule. Very few times did he have to go deep into the progression, into the second or third progression. He went to that first read because it was always there and it was open. But getting back to Peasley, I think that's where they might go because you've watched that Texas pass rush. You got to be thinking to yourself, there's no way our offensive line is going to hold up if Bama's offensive line can hold up. Rod, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think the Wyoming tackles can hold up in pass pro against Texas. I don't don't see it. I think that could get ugly for Wyoming. I really do. Uh, Do you – I think another big part of this game, and it'll be interesting to see how they call this game, I think one of their their goals for the rest of their season is to get Peasley out of this game healthy. He's already beat up. Yeah, he's already beat up. He set Mm -hmm. out the fourth quarter last week when they got up 21 points against a bad Portland State team. They got to get him out of here healthy. So how does that impact how you call a game? But but their top two running backs are already out for the season. So it's not like they have depth or uh, talent that hurts you at running back in the game against Texas. Yeah, and he's one of their biggest running threats too. That's it. So I wonder if coaches will discourage him and say, hey, man, we have a deep, you know, conference schedule coming up. We're actually pretty good yeah. right, for the Mountain West Conference. We got a chance to compete, make bowl games. You need to be careful. If he's going to play versus Texas, like, be careful. They're not gonna, that means maybe not, not a lot of design runs versus Texas. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then if he does scramble, I think they're encouraging him, hey, man, get out of bounds, get down as soon as you can. With Texas speed, you know, he's a guy that can make plays against other defenses. Texas speed, Texas speed is different, though. I mean, what, it, it, it made Bama look, you know, they made Bama look slow at times. That with, with the way they emphasize the tight ends in the passing game, does that mean it's a big game for David Benda, hmm. Anthony Hill, some of those, some of those young, more inexperienced linebackers? Is that if you were Wyoming and you were playing, preparing against Texas, where would you attack Texas this week? That's a great point, too, because I wonder, you know, they, they spread you out, though. That's the thing right. they do really well. Um, you'd like to, you know, get into the point where you can play, put more linebackers, and Texas might decide to do that. I think Texas will pretty much go uh, with the packages that we've seen um, because they, they their defensive line, they believe, is going to be dominant versus right. Wyoming. Wyoming's going to devote multiple uh, yeah. offensive linemen just to block 
Tavondre Sweat and to block Byron Murphy. And that's going to leave guys like Ethan Burke and Baron Sorrell potentially one-on-one. They, they, they like their tackles, but I think their tackles are going to get overwhelmed I do too. versus Texas too. So I, I, I think for them, you'll get a lot of quick game when they decide to pass. They'll try to run early on. They won't be successful versus Texas running the football. Uh, so they'll have to find some other way to make plays. What does concern me, uh, throwing the football, though, I will say they use a lot of bunch formations clustered groups of wide receivers right. anyway, tight twins, stack twins, uh, tripod bunch, whatever it may be, uh, different ways you can do it. Uh, that was the only concept that worked in the passing game for Alabama, the only thing that worked. All of their big plays in the passing game came targeting players who are receivers coming out of bunch formations. So just watch that a little bit, and I guarantee you Wyoming seem like they're a well-coached team, at least well-prepared. They're gonna they're gonna use that. They're gonna look at that and see, man, we can get. I got open in bunch. It's gonna force those DBs to be reactive, give our receivers a free release. There you go. It's a great point, Rod. Uh, you're listening to the Quarterback Room, our weekly show on on Texas football. I'm Jerry Hamilton. That's Rod Babers. Uh, Rod, last thing this week: Trey Owens, Texas quarterback commitment for 2024. Oh yeah. Put out his non-district or pre-district highlights. Three games. Um, you know, we talked about Trey a couple of weeks ago, but now we've seen him as a senior. Um, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, for, so, so first of all, for Trey on with me, six, five, about 215 pounds, legitimate height weight on him. Uh, he was the only quarterback in the state of Texas in the 24 class that Texas offered and went after. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sarkeesian, AJ Milway, uh, they, they, they see something in Trey, Trey Owens as a true pocket passer. They like, uh, and he definitely has that when Sark says guys have to have quick hands and make all the throws, yes. he definitely has quick hands and he can make all the throws. What have you seen on senior tape from Trey Owens? Uh, that's, that's why I, I, I think he's so compatible with Sark's offense. Yeah. Uh, the, the four things Sark talks about, quick hands, accuracy, those are his two physical tools. We talked about leadership and competitiveness. That's something, obviously, you got to know the young man a little bit more and watch him a little bit more to determine. But the quick hands are so obvious with him. They yeah. really are. And Sark loves that for the RPO game. He wants to be an rpo pace passing game. The RPO game, you want a quick manipulation of the mesh point and then being able to get the ball out quickly. And he he has that. Love that about Trey. And you saw it even more. I like the fact that he's still a rhythm, he's a rhythm passer. Yes, and he is. We just talked about Sark. He wants his offense to operate on schedule. Um, Sark's not a big, you know, he doesn't want his quarterbacks improvising. He'd rather it be something they can operate on schedule within the structure of the offense. And Trey Owens is a rhythm passer, which also makes him very compatible with Sark's offense. I love his touch, though. Yeah, and I think if his his X man ability, something he does as well as anybody, or what separates him from other quarterbacks, I know he's got a strong arm. I don't necessarily think I've seen him max it out, ever. Great call, right? He Great seems call, to be Rob. able to gauge the degrees of, of velocity that he needs on any given down in any given situation. His and, and I don't know if that's a definition of touch, but he puts exactly what he needs on the football. And it, like I said, I, I actually want to see him one day, and maybe we can just do it at practice. I'm just, just you know, just hurl it out there, just yeah. throw it as hard as he can. I never see it in the games because you never have to. And to me, that is touch. 
And he always, and it's always accurate. It's always there. And it's always there on time. Yeah. I just never see him. Oh, uh, you never see him overexert himself. You never see him put too much velo on it. Overstride, uh, over you know, yes. some bad tendencies, drop yeah. your elbow, trying to just throw it hard. Like, yeah, you don't see any of that out of him. You see a calm, smooth delivery oh, all the time. Very smooth delivery. Uh, and that's what I love about his delivery too. He's a natural deep ball throw. We talked about that. I, that's yeah. what also makes him compatible with Sark. Um, but yeah, just uh, that's my favorite part of his game is his touch. And I saw on the new highlights him making throws on the run, moving to his left, yeah, and still being able to make the throw and adjusting with the hips and he the mechanics. Feel for the he shows feel for the position. Yes, he he's a, he, he's a natural with it. Sometimes that does carry through on tape. Some I know we're some we're watching ten minutes of highlights, but you can still if you've been doing this a long time, you see that feel come out. It's mm-hmm. it's not mechanical what he's no. doing. No, and that's an important thing uh, for Trey Owens. It's, it's not mechanical. He's not the kid who's been with the quarter, same quarterback instructor since he was three. And you're like, mm, but what happens when you're under duress? Yes. Yeah. Can you can you can you execute all those mechanics and those that technique when you're under duress? Probably not. You're not going to be a muscle. You're not going to remember that. Right. But if it's natural, you, you you it's kind of it comes natural to you that hip twerk that torque all that stuff. So and, I, and the one and the one thing for Texas fans that I know watching him, Sark's gonna. Um, work with him. He does. He he tends to carry the ball a little low at times. So th- if you carry it low, you can drop it below the water. So that split second, when you get that ball carriage a little higher at the next level, when you're playing against guys as fast as Rod Babers, makes a difference. The other <laughs> thing, the other thing, Rod with him, he's not a guy that throws to the first read a high percentage of the times. You saw a lot of yeah. second read, third read yeah. type of throws. You saw him start right, come back left. You there's tapes. There's Garrett Gilbert in high school through to his first read 90 plus percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my concern with him is when he's going to have to play quarterback at some point, not a perfectly schemed offense for Chad Morris, who always got that guy open. Yep. Um, but with Trey, I think they're on a good team, not great team. They make the playoffs, they compete, but he has to play under enough duress where he can't just sit on a first progression throw. And I think that's really helping him play the quarterback position at the high school level, preparing him uh, for the next level. Um, So, Rod, I guess in closing this week, this is the quarterback room with uh, Rod Babers and myself. Overall thoughts, Texas-Wyoming headed into this game tomorrow night. Um, From a Texas standpoint, what do you expect, um, Texas offensively, just the team in general? You, you're the only guy uh, on our channel that's been in those locker rooms that dealt with success, that's dealt with failure in the locker room, and then you got to run out from under the tunnel and do it again. Kind of what are your overall thoughts right now headed into the Wyoming game? Uh, yeah, I want to see if this team is going to play to a standard. It's just that simple. That's the next test for them, right, If how they're going to handle success. Uh, I think a lot of that is, you know, now playing against Wyoming, you don't want to play to competition. Nothing against Wyoming, uh, but I think a lot of be- fans believe they played to their competition versus Rice, and Rice ends up being a decent team because they beat U of H. Uh, but we see what this team is capable of, right? We, you beat Bama by double digits and probably left double digits on the field. Yes. <laughs> right? And I think and, – and so I'm talking about it, getting better every week. That's important. Or if you're gonna get if you're gonna be a championship team and get better every week, okay. Now we 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 already set a standard versus Bama. Can you push that standard? Can you get can you improve every week, week to week, all into conference play? That's gonna be a down performance from one unit or another. That's just it's human nature, it happens. But you pursue perfection 
and you're not going to get there because you're not Jesus Christ, but you right. pursue perfection and you'll end up around the area of excellence. You'll end up in excellence, but you got to pursue perfection. That's what this team is doing now. They're yep. at that point. They're, they're, they, they could go undefeated. I'm not saying they will. I don't think they will, but that's what their pursuit should be. Right. That, that's it. It's a great yeah. point, Rod. And look, and I'll say this to your point, Texas left at Tuscaloosa with 34 points on offense. And LSU scored 46 in 2019 with Joe Burrow. And I think that was a more talented offense because, I mean, they had so many draft picks. First, yeah. Was, but Texas scored 34, and X-Man dropped the first touchdown. So that's four. That's 38. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then that Jonathan Brooks arguably dropped one. I think that one ended up being a field goal too. Exactly. They could, on, left, they could have left with 42 points. <laughs> yeah, and they had red zone. They couldn't cash in in the red zone early either. So that's selling yeah. for field goals. I mean, Texas could have walked out on earth a 40-point offensive game. Not many people have done that, period, in Tuscaloosa under Nick. So that is, mm -hmm. that's the standard they're chasing. That's the excellence they're chasing. And the great thing for Texas fans, those kids know they're not there yet. And Sark knows they're not there yet. Yep. All right, guys, this has been the quarterback room this week. Rod, thank you very much for joining me as usual. Next week's going to be fun. First Big 12 game. Last game against Baylor. Oh, yeah. We might have to prepare for two quarterbacks next week with Baylor, see if Blake Shapin's back or if he's definitely out. Um, obviously, they have the Mississippi State transfer. Uh, Robertson starting for them now. So uh, for Rod, this has been Jerry, and we'll talk to you again next week on the quarterback room. Welcome.